It's another episode of Pod 9 from Outer Space. Cue the music! So, today we watched um, 1956's The Black Sleep, which was released as... I don't know if it was the B or the A feature, but it was released as a double feature with last episode's film, uh, Quite a Mass Experiment, as a gothic double bill. So gothic. So double bill. It's everything you could want, and less. I think it definitely does fit the whole idea of gothic, I think more so than Quatermass. Yes, Quatermass was just sci-fi horror, and this is... Um, we, we said it did have some gothic elements, mostly the stuff that was very obviously Frankenstein. Yes, but this is Frankenstein writ large. You've got a mad scientist, you've got um, poor petrified um, freaks and misfits, you've got brains. A lot of brains. So many brains. Yeah, we do actually get a shot of some neurosurgery, which they actually hired a neurosurgeon to do as a hand double for Basil Rathbone, who's best known probably as um, Sherlock Holmes. But the fact that they wanted the brain surgery in this film to look realistic so much that they hired a neurosurgeon for this 12-day shoot is beautiful. There's a lot of effort to put into something like this, because at that point, no one would know. Do you want to explain the general gist of the film? Yes, okay. So we start very strongly with um, a condemned man being being visited um, just before he's about to be executed. And his name is? Gordon Ramsay. Dr. Gordon Ramsay. Dr. Gordon Ramsay. Um, he's got a doctorate in Flavortown studies. Um, or is it science? <laughs> also neuroscience. Yes. Yes, mainly mainly Flavortown, but with a bit of neuroscience. This is minor. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, he's being put, sent, to, sent to hang for a crime he didn't commit. And... The, uh, the doctor says, I'll try a little bit of this to kind of, basically said steady your nerves, didn't he? Um, Less steady your nerves, more won't even notice the execution happen. Yeah, proper said. Um, explains it's you know, from, from Asia. Uh, so it's, specifically. Yeah, so it's all mysterious and everything. Um, he takes it, and he's declared legally dead. There, um, before being hanged. Yeah, before he's, before he's being... died in his cell. Yeah, died in his cell. So the doctor takes care of the body, and well, the weird thing is he wakes up, and it's sort of one of those classic fake death um, situations where he's he's a free man now. But there's the doctor who knows his secret, 
and he can't exactly do anything except whatever the doctor says. And so he's he becomes an accomplice and student while becoming increasingly uneasy at the doctor's unethical experiments and seeming um seemingly quite active relationship with a guy who's definitely a bit of a kidnapper slash body snatcher. Not to mention a full on um just gonna have to say the word gypsy stereotype. Yeah, a little bit. Um they wanted So he's repeatedly referred to as Odo the that yeah. word. Um Yeah, they wanted Peter Laurie for that role. But he wanted more money. Yeah, I want a lot of money to do that role. Um, it's not a great... Well, his career was at its peak at this point, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he'd be... I mean, is, is this post-Casablanca? I, I, yes, Casablanca would be actually during the war, wouldn't it? Yeah, Casablanca was 40s, wasn't it? And so at this point he'd be doing... I imagine, like, some Hitchcock stuff. Mm. And he previously w- worked with um, Fritz Lang. So I think once you've, once you've done those He's two... He's a proper film actor. Yeah, once you've done those two, you really don't want to act in something called The Black Sleep, even if it is um, opposite Rathbone. So you can you can imagine that this guy who likes experimenting on, on bodies and has access to oh, not on bodies on brains on live brains live brains yeah you can imagine that what happens basically just keeps on snatching people and blackmailing and conniving his way to to uh, get the brains he wants until eventually the Dr. Gordon Ramsay and some of the poor um, poor sods he's experimented on start to uh, start to fight back and that is his comeuppance. I love I'm not sure how to refer to them as a whole. The patients? Yeah. There's just the variety in the things experimental brain surgery has done to them is wild. Like, there's one woman with just patches of hair that look like furry leeches all over her body. There's a guy that thinks he's a crusader. There's one guy who's somehow ended up with some, like, intense form of dermatitis. Like, his Mm. skin is just all over. He looks like he's fallen in a fire. I'm not sure that science checks out be honest. What? Mm. Is saying a film that's based in a combination of phrenology and galvanism doesn't hold up? Seems strange, but true. Because this is... It's set in Victorian times. Yeah. So it's not as wild that he's looking at phrenology as a legitimate... Although it's kind of interesting because it's combining... The idea of phrenology with actual things we know, like the motor cortex exists, and like different parts of the brain do do different things, just not in that way. Yeah, it's 
thing is, there's parts of this that really work for me. Um, really go fantastic. I like how character-based a lot of it is. Mm. Because there... Everything that happens is due to someone rather than just something. Yeah. Because really the whole setup of this mysterious um, herb um, mysterious plant does roughly translate to like darkness of sleep which I quite like that they actually made it mean something rather than just here's some Indian sounding sounds because again this is the 50s Mm. yeah because that was basically a nice a nice trick to get the guy out of trouble and something used to kidnap people. But it's just sort of, it's the method, it's something that gets the story going and then it sort of fades into the background mm-hmm. as you get into the Doctor's motivations and the the Condemned's motivations as well. Because you can, you really feel like he's between a rock and a hard place. It's it's a must, masterful manipulation from the Doctor to, because um, I think it, it transpires that it was, yes, he's really been just properly arranging it so he gets, gets some, some nice patsies and people who won't be missed, the condemned or somebody who's, who's down and out. Mm. And it's it's interesting that he um, he manages to get away with it by being quite respectable, really. Especially the fact that one of the victims' disappearance. So I'll try that again. So one of the patients is a moneylender called Mister Curry, who is the guy that Gordon Ramsay was convicted of killing. So it's very tidy. So tidy. So, so this guy's not missing, he's dead. And this guy that killed him is also dead. So everything's fine. There's no need to investigate the secret room behind my fireplace. No. And he's got a classic um, Mr. Freeze motivation. Oh, full on. Just... Please resuscitate my wife. Yeah, I think she's got some sort of... He says malignancy of the brain? Which, I'm not sure what that means. But but earlier in the film, he says the word tumour, so I'm going with brain cancer. I'm going with shit brain. (laughs) Please, Doctor, you need to extract the shit from my brain. Absolute turn of cerebral cortex. (laughs) Total... Bud Pie of Ava Campus. That's why she's been in a coma for eight months. It's, it's oozing out over her ears. Yeah, it wasn't cerebral fluid. <laughs> that was a runny one. No, we did a spoil. We're going to have to mark this one as explicit. It was, it was inevitable. Yeah. I think everyone does solid performances. Definitely. I mean... Even minor stuff, like Bella Lugosi has a minor role in this, who I'm sure we'll hear a lot about in in the coming weeks, months, however long this podcast lasts. Because sort of 
31 to 56, he was the person that's in B-movies. Absolutely was. For slightly sad reasons, but we're not going to get into that right now. But yeah, he is... Um, I can't remember the doctor's name, so I'm just going to call him Dr. Dr. Basil, because mm. he's Basil Rathbone. Um, yeah, Dr. Basil's sort of general purpose male servant, um, who's also mute from being experimented on himself. Mm. Um, he, he doesn't say anything, obviously, with being mute, but he gestures in order to communicate things, not like sign language. But like very emphatic hand movements, which I quite enjoy watching. It's pretty emphatic. Like it's it's some good hand acting. Mm. Classic hands. And the the other patient that's sort of about in Doctor Basil's house, I think, is he's a quite interesting character on his own, isn't he, uh, Mungo? Yeah. Because of course he's called Mungo. Of course he is. I mean, he's not actually called Mongo, but he's referred to as Mongo. Mm. He's a bit of a sad character, and his, um, his daughter's there as well. Who's very yes, he's upset. unwillingly acting as a nurse, mm. I think. Like, surgical nurse. Yeah, fairly peeved about the destruction of her dad's brain. Mm. So, I'm trying to remember, there, there was something wrong with him initially, that Dr. Basil... Oh, partial, partial paralysis. Yeah, that Dr. Basil fixed, but in doing so, because he didn't understand his, his chronology yet, mm. made, made him violent and weird-looking, because he can do do weird-looking with brain surgery. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of using brain surgery to go, okay, now your face is wrong. But I did... There was a, a bit where we find out that he only acts violently when his daughter speaks to him or looks at him, which feels really sad to me because I feel like he knows mm. like he knows that's his daughter and he knows what he's become and he lashes out. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. But something that made me genuinely sad. Yeah, something like that's really, really worked for me in the film. The there's I mean th- things that really worked were like the blackmail aspect, um faking death of a convict, that's classic that's real classic plot stuff. Um, and yeah, the, how how these people were were trapped together and had to make the best of it. It's, it really felt like it's kind of there was a vulture circling over them because at any point they could stop being useful, as as evidenced with how the doctor treats Odo at the end. Towards the end, he says, "Well, you failed me, so I'm going to be cutting up your brain now." Yeah. It's... And then decides to cut up the daughter's brain instead because he needs a female subject because male and female brains are different. So if he wants to learn about his wife's brain, he needs to cut up a lady. Big wife, small wife. Dr. Phil? You're welcome. 
but yeah, there's I I feel like some of the patient stuff didn't work so well. Like the whole thinks he's a crusader thing. I quite liked that though, because like that is a thing that can actually happen. Someone thinking they're a historical figure. Yes. For you. I know. I I think it's it's kind of because you know I could I could generally go with a lot of the um a lot of the things going wrong with the with the brains with the surgery, but if it was too loud and brash next to the kind of the really tense scenes that I liked, the scenes of they're not. People aren't shouting at each other, they're just kind of softly saying, please, Doctor, reconsider this. The kind of cold feeling that the Rathbone could exude. That's his thing. Yeah, absolutely is. I think it's fair they had to they had to do that, they had to go in that direction because it is ultimately a B movie. But the one the one thing I'd do again is make it make it slower, make it more about those um those conversations at the table where he's he's testing his pupil and seeing how far he's willing to go. Mm. So I'm worried we've been a bit too serious because this is a genuinely good film. It is. It's genuinely very good. But I want to tell you a really obvious mistake that I noticed in this first shot. Now, I don't know what the exterior of Newgate Prison looks like. But I'm pretty sure it's not the White Tower at the Tower of Lighting. Uh, Potato. Uh, we were talking last time about how, like, Potato. there must be some B-roll that you can use. There must be somewhere some film of, of Newgate Prison. No. Or just you could go and take a one-second shot of it. It's not allowed. Just... Can't be done. Can't be done. It's this iconic location, Ooh. and they've just gone. No, it. I know it looks really familiar, and you might have been there on your holidays, but it's somewhere else, okay? Yeah, but just call it call it a tower, and just or just use it to establish that you're in London, because one of the first lines that is said establishes that you're in Newgate. Yeah. I know it's not much of a goof, but this was a really good film. Yeah. And I'm slightly questioning using it for this because I wasn't expecting it to be this good. Well, I think it's interesting because it's it's establishing a nice theme early on because the previous one we had uh, Westminster Abbey, which definitely wasn't Westminster Abbey. Mm. I I think it's worth well, just looking out, kind of fun to see. There's big kind of location groups like that. So I think what one of the big difficulties of up harder, I think, is most of these of the films we're going to be watching don't have these iconic locations. Ooh. Like, there's one that I'm looking forward to doing at some point. That's called Catwomen of the Moon, and there aren't really any iconic locations on the. There's that crater. Except for, like, the flag. The other crater. The, um... The Pond of Chill. I think that is what it's called, yeah. 
course, that was back when they thought the moon was smaller. Oh, yeah, much smaller. Um, that's inflation for you. <laughs> Wait, are you saying the moon actually did used to be smaller? Yeah, yeah, and then, you know. Inflation? Mm, I I think that is one of the challenges, is because quite often it's like a cheap sound stage, getting a sense of place. And apart from the prison, I think they did do well with that. Mm. They, when we were at Dr. Basil's house, it really felt like this big ancient pile. It really, it really. You know, I don't think we got an outside shot of it. No. It was like the stone stairs and the big fireplace with the fire dog in it, and it just it felt big. It did. It, it felt. It felt cold. Yeah. It was it was impressive. We didn't get many rules. We didn't get didn't get to see much of it, but that worked. Mm. I don't I don't need to see all of it. I've just got Because you I can need. imagine how big it is. Ooh. Like if you can't see both ends of the wall, you can assume that it's a big building, big room. Absolutely. So it's it's an improvement on on last week, which was you know enjoyable, but a lot cheesier. This was enjoyable, in a general way, rather than in a last way. Yeah, I'd say to people who are aren't generally into watching B movies and that, yeah, stick stick this on. Yeah, it's just a, a good old film. Mm. So we very clearly established last week that the message of the Quetzalcoatl experiment was. Science is bad and doesn't care about people. Yeah. Because the Bible man told us. Mm-hmm. What is the message of black sleep thing? I think it's a bit more bit more nuanced, um in terms of in terms of science, but apart from that, um I'd say because I think that's something that a lot of these films go for. I think the real message is definitely look a gift horse in the mouth. Yeah. Real real good idea, because then you'll see... There could just be drugs and death in there. You get yeah, drunk. And blackmail. The horse might blackmail you. Mm. Even if you're facing execution in the morning, you you don't want to just say, well, yes, Mr. Horse, I will, I will do whatever you say. Because that's no way to be. Be a real horse. So finally, on our... On our camp scale, mm. I, I believe I put it as one to a field of things. I don't think this even registers like a Pico Glastonbury. It's just beyond Crusader Man. I don't think. I don't think we get any. Yeah, Crusader Man's just in a in a little um, little bedroll hollering about Saladin. Does he just have a campfire? He's so scrawny. I don't want him to take. Yeah, he's got a campfire. He's eating some s'mores. Getting him ready to to retake the Holy Land. A, a very uh, invigorating s'mores. Actually, yeah, uh, got as some... long as they don't contain black sleep, because that will they do they're, they're actually two um, communion wafers. <laughs> And some mallow substance. Just like actual marshmallow, the plant. Yes. Marshmallow. No chocolate because he doesn't know what that is. No. Well, 
So that is our review of Black Sleep. What are we watching next week? I believe it's your turn to Next week, we're watching James Taunt. James Taunt. I think you told me about this. This is an Italian James Bond. Is it a parody or just a bad impression? I think it's supposed to be a parody. The I think there, I really love. Well, that does mean James Idiot. So, a bit of a parody. Yeah. Excellent. James, James Todd's spy. Stupid James. I can't believe you, James. <laughs> Next time for what the fuck have you do, James? No, James. Stop it. Just stop. Stop it now. No, don't, don't touch that, James. James. James, cease James. Time out, James. Going in the time out corner. James. Jail for James. James.